one-on-one therapy. And it combines multiple modalities together to create a very unique experience while floating in water. And so how it works is that the individual would be in the water and I would put a blow-up pillow around the neck and behind each knee and you would fly completely flat in the water. So you don't have to worry about floating or keeping your head up. That's what I have the pillows for. And then I use a series of modalities, including craniosacral, myofascial release, uh, yogic stretches, so stretches that are of a yoga nature, as well as shiatsu stretches, which is another modality, a massage modality. And the creator of aquacranial has combined these in a very unique way to create this therapy called aquacranial. Okay. And I, I'm familiar with uh, cranial sacral. Is that? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yep. That came up a number of years ago as I was researching helping students with learning disabilities. And that came up with one recommended therapy. Mm-hmm. So can you explain a little bit more detail? I, I, I know it's working. Cranial is, you know, the brain and, and also the spine. Is that correct? Correct. Uh, correct. And also the sacrum. So we have in our body this, um, we, you know, we, everybody knows the pulmonary system, which is like your blood, right? You have the heart, the heart pumps, it pushes the blood through your veins or arteries, and then the veins come back to your heart. And that is one of our body systems. And that particular system, if it stops, you know, you are no longer living. The cranial sacral system is very similar um, in the sense that there is, it is a closed system and it actually moves the fluid that surrounds your brain, surrounds your spinal cord, and actually is the nutrition source for both your brain and your spinal cord. And the, there is a pump action that's created by an organ in the brain and also your sacrum acts like a lever. And it, so that fluid moves. And if that fluid was to stop moving or if it was to leak out, you would also not be living. So it's a very vital system. But it's also one that a lot of people don't know about. It's just there. You know, we, we kind of take it for granted. So how it works is the cranial sacral system is there is a pump action that moves the fluid down the spine, back up the spine, into the brain, and back down again. And when the, the fluid is at its Height, the height of the fluid in, up in your brain area, your cranial bones do slightly move. Like we're talking millimeters, okay, very small amount, but they does have to be able to accommodate and that fluid change and then it goes back down. Well, the gentleman who created cranial sacral therapy or discovered it, his name is John Upledger, he did what all good scientists do and he experimented on himself. <laughs> he, um, he, had this, he had this theory that there was this cranial sacral system was more important or more involved in our emotions, our, our, our well-being, you know, different maladies that, you know, our body would have. It was more involved. And so what he did is he took a football helmet and cut it at, to be the sutures of your brain. So you have your parietal suture, you have all your different occipital suture where the bones come together. And then he put the football helmet on and he would tighten down one side and then him and his wife would record all the things that were different about him. For, and he did this, I believe, for over a year. 
And for him to actually to, to be able to have enough evidence that's saying there is a difference. It does make a difference if those those cranial bones are compressed. So the cranial sacrum, oh, go ahead. I'm just saying that is interesting. Yes, it is. And it was really a little bit out there. I believe he discovered it in the 70s. I don't know, I have the exact date. I should have in front of me. From Michigan, he was at Michigan State University. And it was a little out there, you know, kind of a woo-woo therapy at the time. But they were able to support it with so much research that they were like, hey, this is a real thing. This is real. Now, there are still skeptics. And I completely understand there's there's skeptics for everything. Oh, yeah. I'm sure somebody be- believes the sky isn't blue. Well, it's because it reflects off the ocean, blah, blah, blah. You know, yeah. everywhere you go, there's a skeptic. But from my personal experience, I've been trained both as an aquacranialist, like, and also as a cranial sacralist. So I knew I can do both. And so aquacranial was perfect for me because I already knew how to do cranial sacral on a table as a massage therapist. And now I was able to take it into the water, but it's in combination with other modalities. So I don't just do cranial sacral therapy in the water. It's just a component of the, of the treatment. Okay. Just part of it. It's like the just part of it. Part of your overall correct service. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Life coaching. Okay. Yeah. So to give some examples, because I know this sounds super technical and I'm not trying to make it hard. I have worked with all sorts of individuals over my years of experience and it can be used for, you know, pregnancy related diseases, chronic neck and back pain, headaches, migraines, sport injuries. It can be also used, meaning aquacranial, for depression, bipolar, seasonal affective disorders, memory, cognitive, chronic fatigue. I mean, it can be used for a lot of things because aquacranial treats the entire person you're doing with the cranial sacral, which is your electrical system of your body. You're doing myofascial release, which is part of your body, your tissues. It also does yogic stretches, so there is some muscular movement in there. And then it's about also relaxing the body to the point where the body will let go. Even when you lay on a table, a massage table, you still have pressure points. You still have sore things. You still have part of your body's weight is on that shoulder that you hurt in college or whatever the case may be. When you're in the water, you are almost weightless because the the water is supporting you 100%. I, I That's true. That really makes a difference. Have you know if much research has been done? on how it affects someone with a, well, you mentioned mood disorders or mm-hmm. oppositional defiant disorder or bipolar. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Rebecca Goff, um, and she has her own website called aquacranial.com. And she is, she is the creator and also who taught me. She's my mentor. And um, she has done tons of research. She's been doing this for about 20 years, maybe it might even be getting closer to 30 now. And she has done a lot of independent research that she's paid for in which they have found that aquacranial um, using the myofascial release and the stretches can actually move bone. They've also worked on people with, you know, children with uh, behavioral disorders or autism or spectrum or even more, more severe genetic disorders, which I currently have a client right now who does have that. And we have seen significant improvement in Sometimes children that are, you know, sometimes categorized as hopeless, right? Yeah. Um, I I hate to say that even out loud. It just makes my heart hurt. Um, but, there, but there are children who have been categorized like that. Yeah, there are. 
Yeah. And so I had um, several experiences with children with autism. Um, one of them, when I lived in Hawaii, he had probably some genetic disorders too. I don't remember his exact, um, you know, label because that's what they are. They're just labels. And, 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 but I would, I worked with him and his dad because he was about seven or eight at the time. And with the kids, I don't lay them down because most of the kids won't lay down. Um, either they don't like water in their ears, they're uncomfortable in the water. Maybe they just are not comfortable around a stranger. So we make it work. You know, I've worked with children who hang on to their parents and I work on them as they hang on to them or I have them hang on to me. Um, and sometimes we'll sit there and spin in a circle because the energy of the, of the treatment just starts getting to that point where you start, you, it's like you naturally start to spin. That's kind of a hard thing to explain unless you've experienced it. But the biggest part, I think, for these children is quieting the electrical system, which is the brain and the spinal cord and the craniosacral system. That is where either it could be the spasticity, it could be that behavioral outburst, it could be maybe there's pain. You know, some of the kids, we don't even know, maybe they're in pain and they don't know how to verbalize it. Yes. And being able to quiet that system, you know, from the electrical storm, that is what we have noticed that with children who have behavioral disorders and they have some treatment, it helps to calm the storm, if that, that makes sense. That makes me think there are many of these children have difficulty sleeping and yeah. wouldn't it makes sense to me that calming the, your nervous system would make sleep easier. Absolutely. And that is such a true statement, both for children and adults. I mean, children have a different kind of concern, but like adults, we stress out, we go to bed, our brain is going, going, going about work and what I have to do and I have to go grocery shopping, I have to do this. Well, kids have a list in their head too. They may not be the same thing, but Maybe they had a bad day at school or maybe somebody made fun of them or maybe they did that on a test and that stuff keeps them awake and it's like quieting that storm. And you can sometimes do that with, you know, certain supplements and things like that too, which I'm not actually, I'm not a doctor at all anyway, but there are certain things that can help quiet that, that storm. But when you're doing aquacranial, it helps, it's basically like, like um, throwing uh, the breaker switch. And you like reset it. It's like, okay, and reset. And it just helps calm that system down and resets it to more of a balanced version of itself. Well, so, how, how yeah. frequently do you provide the treatment? And have you noticed, like, is there a duration? Does the treatment last for a certain period of time? Or Yeah, great question. So for... Um, Typically, um, uh, my mentor, Rebecca Goff, has said that one aquacranial treatment is equal to three table treatments, three, meaning three table treatment, treatments on a massage table, uh-huh. both for the body and the mind. So it would be the same. It's so powerful. It's like a laser beam. And so with, or if you're just an individual who has had a really stressed out life, she usually recommends one treatment for every 10 years of life that you've been on this planet. So if you're 50, over a period of time, you should have five to help undo what life has done to you. For children, especially when they have disorders or uh, genetic disorders or behavioral disorders, or I even hate when you're saying disorders because I just, it's a label. When they just struggle, it really is so, indiv- it's so individual. 
but two or three uh, treatments will you're going to start to see if it's going to make a difference most i see it on the first treatment i hate to say that because it sounds like you know a little bit of like 100 percent guaranteed to fix it it's not that it's that it's when you set when you slow down that electrical system you see amazing changes but it takes time for them to settle in and stay there right and you kind of have to revisit that so the kids if i was to see someone i would say probably two or three treatments kind of close together, maybe one a week or one every couple of weeks. And then if you are seeing a significant disorder, a significant decrease or an improvement, then maybe, you know, every six months, just to kind of do a little bit of a maintenance. Um, and But because every kid is so unique, it's like I really would need to get my hands on them, <laughs> you know, to kind of see what works for them. I'm working with a little girl right now. She has a genetic disorder. It's called Bainbridge-Roper's syndrome. She's four years old, but she has the cognitive and muscular movement of a one-year-old. And she is just the most amazing little girl I've ever met. And she, um, when we first started, her mom's like, no one can really help her. We do physical therapy. We do OT. We do speech therapy. You know, she, she truly will never be what we might call normal. I mean, just it's not even in the cards for her, right? Mm-hmm. But she's so amazing. And she's already, she ha- you can see it in her eyes. Like she's there. She's engaging. She just can't make her body do what she wants it to do. When we have, I've done eight treatments so far. And in that time, the mother, the ENT, her doctor, her PT, and her OT have all said, what are you doing differently? She is progressing faster than any other child with this disorder we've ever seen. Wow. And the mom said, I'm doing this water therapy with her and her verbalization has increased. Um, She cannot speak words, but she does more. She's doing more syllables. She's being louder. Like she's actually trying to communicate. She's sleeping better. She would not sleep more than two hours at a time to the point that they had to medicate her. They don't have to medicate her anymore. She sleeps. The other day they had to, isn't that crazy? It's huge. (laughs) It's huge. Yeah. The other day when she came in, she actually had to wake her up to get her to her appointment on time. Wow. Because she was sleeping. Uh-huh. Um, she's not a spastic because um, she has this, she does the shakes. It's just part of her disorder. She's not as spastic. And we have gotten her, uh, her hands and uh, wrists curl under. Um, there's a, they have a lot of severe restrictions muscularly. So at this point, it's impossible for her to walk. We are, her hands and her feet are now straightening to the point that she doesn't curl them up automatically when she like is sitting in a chair. They actually stay straight now. Mm-hmm. So, and that's the muscular, the, the myofascial release part of it. But, you know, anyone who would see her, she's wheelchair bound at this point, which they consider her hopeless. But we have seen so much progress in just the short period of time. I just love what I do so much because in my mind, no person is hopeless. There is always hope. There is always something that can help improve, even if it's 1%. 1% is better than 0%. I agree to- completely. You're absolutely yeah. right. I, no one is hopeless. And I, yeah. you know, we, we rely too much on labels. Yeah. So good to hear. 
how much and i'm sure yeah. deeply meaningful to her parents to to their you know to see this kind of approach and and when you have a child with special needs you need to celebrate every success every even the 1% absolutely yeah and and she's just a joy to be around i mean and the one thing about kids i've noticed who are have special needs they love life better than the rest of us they are they're happy they they take so much enjoyment in something so simple as sunshine or a butterfly or you know and where we are so busy in in our heads and we miss all that beauty but you know those children they they are so joyful and um it's just like such a lesson i think for all of us to be like when someone who has so many struggles just because that's how the way god made them right her was hers was genetic from her you know conception at 10 weeks old is when this genetic code gets coded incorrectly or is not coded completely so it was nothing the mother did it was at 10 weeks after conception and um but she just is so excited and loves life and you can just see it and and she's really an inspiration and even with all of her struggles and all of her limitations it doesn't seem to really stop her from being joyful that is awesome and it sounds like your therapy has been beneficial to people with chronic pain. They're, yeah. That's sometimes yep. also labeled hopeless. So talk about that. I, sure. So um, the, one of the, the many aspects of aquacranial um, is includes the, helping the body to rebalance itself, to find it, you know, that common, I'm trying to find the right word here. It's just basically homeostasis, right? To use a more scientific word. Aquacranial helps the body to stop thinking about it and just let the body do its work. Uh, we have such an amazing innate uh, wisdom. You could call it your gut wisdom or, you know, your gut feeling. We, Our body is so smart. Not our brain, our body. And with aquacranial, when you um, lay down and are able to kind of like zen out or relax or bliss out or whatever you want to term you want to use, you allow your body to start doing the work and shut your brain off because your brain gets in the way so often. Yeah. So with those with chronic, chronic pain, especially fibromyalgia, that having them float in for that 45 minutes, because most of the appointments you know, about 30 to 45 minutes. And we also have you lay down afterwards to kind of integrate the treatment. It gives your body a chance to kind of reconnect your head to your body <laughs> because you do get, yeah. And, um, but with like fibromyalgia for that 30 minutes, you're in the water, 45, your body is weightless and you don't have all the pain of the world like on you, like your body is floating. And it gives you a chance for those nerves to calm down and to relax. And I've worked with other people who have had uh, like degenerative discs in their neck and they have so much pain. I have an individual, he was in a car accident. He was dragged down the highway when the car accident happened and the whole left side of his body is ripped up and he has scars that are unsightly, but that side of his body hurts constantly because of what happened. And I gave him a treatment and he got out of the pool and he's like, what did you do to me? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, uh, you know, I was like nervous for a second, you know, I was like, are you okay? He's like, I feel amazing. He goes, how did you do that? And I said, I didn't do it. I just facilitate your body did all the work. 
And it was releasing those myofascial releases and letting the body be okay to be relaxed and, you know, let it go. And he's like, my knee, that one knee that had was severely injured, he goes, my knee hasn't felt this good in a decade. He's like, I'm going to tell everybody about this. And so it, it's, it's like the body does the work. I just help it. I help facilitate it. I do the stretches or I do the releases. And then the body is like, oh, okay, I know what to do. Let's, let's balance here, guys. Let's, let's do the best we can. And if someone has, like he did, where he had, obviously, I can't make the scars go away. You know, but the body tries to rebalance as good as, as much as it can to be its new normal versus what was maybe left over from the accident that actually happened. Uh, see, his oldest son is 17. So it happened 16 years ago. Wow. So, and he's been living yeah. that long. Yeah. Yeah. And he says, you know, his leg, that leg will just ache and ache and ache and ache and you would never know it looking at him. Um, you know, he is someone who doesn't, he doesn't wear shorts often either. So you don't see the scars. So unless you know him, you don't even know about the accident really. Um, but it was, you know, it was, it was a lot for him to let me see him in swim shorts, you know, yeah. at first because of the scarring. But after the treatment, it was like, wow, you know, what did you do to me? That felt really good. So. Awesome. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> and I, I love too that your knowledge, your background is so varied and extensive. You have a lot to offer individuals and families. That's exciting. Thank, thank you. Yeah, I feel like I'm finally on my path. I sort of found it round robin. I think a lot of us do. Uh -huh. um, and kind of step into it. And so, you know, the aquacranial is, is not very well known. I live in the Midwest. Um, I'm one of uh, the only one, I think, on the Midwest that does it. Um, but I know a few other people in uh, the country that do do it. And um, But one of my big goals is to become certified as a teacher. Um, and I'll be one of the first to be certified as a teacher. And then I want to start teaching other people throughout the nation this therapy. And it could just be I teach a mom. Here, mom, this is how you do it for your child. Or, hey, maybe this is a career path you might want to take or you're a massage therapist. But I want, I need to get this there. Like, I need it. I need to get the therapy out and spread the word because it's such an amazing therapy. It's not, you know, hard or difficult. I mean, you do need to learn it. It's, it, it's there is very complexity to it, but it's not like you have to go to six years of medical school, you know. Uh -huh. After a weekend of training, you've got the basics and you can make a difference and you just need like access to a pool the picture you have on your website it looks like you're in the ocean i am those are from home when i lived in maui uh -huh. so um i had well a couple more from maui and then there was a period of time that i worked on a dolphin dive boat in the caribbean so i took people swimming with wild dolphins as my day job so a couple of those are from actually the caribbean too uh-huh uh-huh but they would just need access to a pool. Yep. Um, could be a backyard, just needs to be like four feet deep or? Perfect, yes. Four feet deep is the perfect depth because that way I can stand up or the practitioner can stand up. And the person also, depending on the age, is very, feels more comfortable because it's not deep. You could do it in deep water, but then as a practitioner, you'd want to wear fins um, because you would need to keep yourself up. But four foot of water is perfect. 
All right. Yeah. That is awesome. And the potential of, you know, calming the nervous system. And that's, you know, a lot of the students I've worked with as a special ed teacher, that's exactly what they needed. Mm-hmm. Craniosacral is really awesome too um, for that. I know people have different ideas about craniosacral. If you find someone who's really well-trained, they can make a difference. Um, there are individuals out there that maybe are not as well-trained. Um, and if you find the right person, you know, you have to vet them a little bit, but there are some amazing craniosacral therapists. And so if you don't have the access to the aquacranial, craniosacral can make a big difference. You know, aquacranial, of course, I'm going to say is better, but it's not as widely available. So, um, you know, I just think that I want to make sure that everybody feels like they're not, that there are options. There's options out there. Um, but if you're in the Elkhart, I'm in Elkhart, Indiana, Michiana, South Bend area. Um, I have a friend who I believe she does in Oregon. I don't know what city. Rebecca is in Maui. That's where she lives. And that's my mentor and as a creator of aquacranial. Obviously, she still does treatments, um, and I do believe on her website she has a list of practitioners. And we're kind of spread out all over. Um, my goal is to, to make that a bigger circle with more and more people in it, but, you know, it is out there. I would love to support you in that. So I'll have your website link there. Now, on your website, is there a link to your mentor's website? You know, I believe there is. Okay. If I don't, I will add it on my resource page. Okay, so I'm going to put your website, a link to your website on the page with this podcast. And tell us the name of your your website address again. Sure. My web address is aqua, like the color, aqua lotus healing arts. Okay, that's great. Thank you so much, Anna. Any other comments you want to make for suggestions for parents? Um, I, first of all, I want to say thank you again for having me. It's uh, such a pleasure. Um, I love what you're doing and the families who listen are so lucky that you're out there rooting for them. So that's a definite blessing with the moms and the dads and the grandmas and the uncles and the aunts that all support these children. You know, just remember they're unique. They're amazing. Mel Robbins is an author and she has an amazing TED talk. If you've never listened to it, you should, but she makes a comment that Um, All the scientists, a whole bunch of scientists got together and they figured out what is the, uh, what was the chance of you or your child or your aunt or your uncle being born exactly the way they were at that moment, at that date and time. And that chance was like one in 400 billion that you or your child are exactly who you are. And just remember that that is amazing. You know, life isn't easy, but we are so unique and so special. And we just make sure you never forget that. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Well, Anna, thank you. I will be watching for as you spread this and share. So. Yes. (laughs) Thank you so much again. All right. Thank you. And. Okay. I hope you have a great day. And parents, you too. information, go to my website, insupportedfamilies.com.
Welcome to In Support of Families. This is Emily Penrod, and my guest today is Anna Smith, a nutritionist. She has a lot of interesting things to say for parents of children with special needs. Welcome, Anna. Thank you, Emily. Happy to be here. Now, tell me how you got into the field of nutrition. I'm happy to. So, as even as a small child, and an early teenager, um, nutrition was something that intrigued me. I grew up with some digestion issues. And when I was like 13, 14 years old, I would go to the doctor with these stomach pains. And they just, they didn't know what to do with me. They said it was growing pains. They said, oh, you'll go out of it. And eventually I just, just stopped taking that as um, a reason. And I started in researching. And I found there were certain foods I was sensitive to, not allergic, just sensitive to. And when I removed them, I felt so much better. 